Hello everyone and welcome to the Cold Chain Podcast. My name's Shane Brennan and I'm the Chief Executive of the Cold Chain Federation in the UK. I also have the privilege of hosting this podcast, which I've done for more than two years now. And over that time, I've had a chance to speak to some of the key leaders of businesses in the UK cold chain, some of the academics that are shaping the thinking around the future of, of cold chain, and some of the real innovators who are bringing forward the technologies and systems that are going to shape the future of our industry. Um, it's a unique pretty time of year um, now with Easter. The sun's been out for the last week or so, and I know that across the cold chain, there's a lot of activity getting uh, new ranges out, particularly with the barbecue foods and the ice creams that are shaping our um our supply chain at this part at this point um there's also there's a chilly wind blowing with economic trends whether it's rank significant consumer inflation huge energy price increases fuel problems the removal of red diesel in the budget in april all of these factors really making it difficult to run the day-to-day operations of cold chain what i'm reassured though about is that our members are able to deal with these things are able to maintain a resilient supply chain and my job often is to make sure they're getting the credit for that whenever they're, we're doing it. I also hope you're enjoying the Cold Chain podcast itself. Um, I certainly enjoy bringing it to you. If you do, please make sure you are subscribing to it on your favourite podcast platform. And if you can, please leave us a review. Today, we've got a great guest for you. Um, Nikki Redhead, who runs Keep It Cool, the transport courier business. Um, Keep, Keep It Cool provides that service that we all rely on every now and then. You always... And pretty regularly, you find that you need uh, something's not in the right place. Something needs to get from one place to another, and there isn't the the transport available that you normally rely on. And that's where the couriers can step in and provide that unique um, oil in the wheels to keep the cold chain operating. And uh, no one does it better than than Nikki and the Keep It Cool team. A business has been been running for a few years now, but you know, pretty small business operation that's going through impressive growth. And I think what you hear from this conversation is a really energetic entrepreneurial business leader who is um, driven towards uh, significant improvement in, in, in growing her team, in growing her fleet, and in, and, and, and in servicing um, her existing and future customer base. Um, I really enjoy having Nikki as part of the community. I really value her input on all kinds of issues to do with the big picture of our industry, particularly her passion for how we're going to drive forward our uh, our recruitment and how we bring more people into our industry um, to make sure there are more businesses and more entrepreneurs like her coming up behind um, to keep the our business healthy. So without further ado, I'm just going to hand over to, to the conversation I had with Nikki Redhead. Hi, Nikki, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, Nikki, it's great to have you with us and it's uh, brilliant to talk to a different kind of business to some of the people that I've spoken to before on the Cold Chain podcast, a really important part of the cold chain that you guys uh, uh, provide a service that, that everyone needs. Um, can you tell us a little bit about, about Keep It Cool? Of course. We are essentially a courier service. Um, we pick up and generally just drop A to B. Um, we work with many of the manufacturers now, but also the 3PLs, um, anyone really who needs services A to B and refrigerated or temperature controlled transport we've moved we predominantly move food um, that's where we ask the specialists um, we have moved plants that need to be kept at room temperature um, and various other bits and bats before but we just we fill that hole so that companies don't need to keep what we used to call sort of the mothball fleet you know they don't need to spend cost on on core fleet that's not going to be used all the time um, we are literally there to pick up when they have an issue or when volumes raise or um, as has been very prevalent in the last two years sort of driver failures and things like that and I guess it's 
So you don't really know. I mean, most people in transport don't necessarily know how their day is going to go, but you literally don't know in your business model. You know, when you arrive in the morning, what sort of work you're going to need to be doing that day because it's a case of something needs to happen and they need some help and that's where Keep It Cool is able to provide that service. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. I've been told on many occasions we've got the worst business model going, <laughs> but it's um, it's very much a roller coaster. You can have nothing in the in the diary, so to speak, um, the day before and then the entire fleet can be out. So it is, it's reacting to the emergencies and that's where we def- that's where our strength lies. Um, we can react very, very quickly. Um, we do react to the breakdowns and, and whatnot and the volume that needed to be down in South Wales yesterday. Um, we're the ones that will go and pick that up and make, make sure it's there as, as quickly as it possibly can, which does ultimately, it's, you know, as well as uh, everybody being able to then go home with a sort of peace of mind and whatnot, as much as you can in logistics, um, it does, you know, we do save cost. We have uh, as much as sort of saving production lines might sound a little OTT, that is what we do. Um, yeah. And it seems and to work. So, how, so whereabouts in the country are you based, and, and how do you sort of set yourself up to service the sort of geography of? Do you service the whole UK, or do you service a particular region? How does that work? Yeah, we service the whole UK. We are um, currently just located in Bradford. Um, we have got future plans to look at setting up potentially for slightly further down south and Midlands way. Um, but we most of our customers are Yorkshire based. Um, however. We do actually have quite a number in London and we're servicing their northern deliveries. Um, but we are we are called from all around the country. Um, we do have calls, obviously everybody's shifting various food items around the country constantly and, and it doesn't seem to limit us at the moment as much just being based in Bradford. We still get the calls and we can still action what's needed. You're pr- pretty well located in Bradford anyway to get to anywhere in the country yeah, to help anybody yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and how do you sort of sorry, diving into detail and by all means tell me not to, to mind my own business, but how do you decide to allocate your fleet size and scale? How do you make a provision for that on a sort of, given your demand flows are you know, unpredictable from one day to the next, how do you sort of look at the business over the sort of medium term or make a forward plan for, for how much capacity fleet, drivers, all that kind of thing you're going to need? Um, if I said a wing on, and a prayer, <laughs> I wouldn't be, promise I wouldn't be far off, um, but it, it's just been we've grown we started off with the seven and a half tonners we have definitely moved predominantly into the 18 tonners and it's simply what customers needed at that time um, and what they've continued to ask for we have i did branch out i think my first vehicle was a or large vehicle was a 26 tonners um that can obviously carry the weight and that was specifically because we were working for a customer at the time and they were shifting more carrots and the weight of those meant that had to have something slightly bigger um and it is just testing the waters. Last year we put a couple of 12 tonners on the road, again because of a weight issue, but not needing anything as chunky as the 18 tonners, and they've gone brilliantly. Um, I'd like to say it's all through my forward thinking and planning, um, but it is just, we are just testing the waters with various different bits, but we're definitely more in in the region of the larger vehicles now. However, we won't be stepping into Arctic anytime soon. But I guess it's, it's almost like the mavericks of the transport planning world. Uh, you know, working, but what, being absolutely the ultimate, ultimately reacting, reactive force, um, and actually say plugging those gaps between between everybody else. Um, it's, it's fantastic. So, um, is, that, is that what is that what motivates you? Is that what gets you excited? That kind yeah, of I sort of living by the seat of your pants. Yeah. Yes, very much so. It's you never know what's coming around the corner. Um, we never know what we're going to be asked to do next, and it's it's great as as cheesy as it may sound. 
helping um, mm. and making sure that actually we've cleared off on sort of cleared off the deck that day we've got everything sorted that we've been asked to achieve. Um, I, I love it. And I love the fact that people ring us time and time again. We've got no contracts with any customer. We never mm -hmm. have had. We if, if someone decided not to ring me back tomorrow, you know, we just don't hear from them again. But that doesn't happen. That's why we've grown so much. So the customers I started out with in 2014 are very much still prevalent today. But we've broadened the spectrum and we've broadened the type of person that we, or the type of company that we approach and that we want to assist. It's almost the ultimate customer service, isn't it? You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and and you say that repeat business and that and that um, loyal customer base is probably is, is is the foundation, and that's what probably I assume that's what gives you the confidence to to make the investments, to grow the business, and to to achieve all what you've achieved so far. Certainly, we we really try, we really do, genuinely try day in day out to make sure this service is the best that we can do, um, and the best that we can give, and we keep it very very simple, uh, and we're very directly honest so you know if it's not possible we're going to tell you it's it's not possible but we're going to tell you what is possible and what the remit could be and how we will make that happen um but you know i, I won't and none of us will sell the dream um if it's not doable because i'd rather be realistic you know what you get when you come to us and you know that we do a good job when we do it and that that that's what helped has helped us grow typical yorkshire people basically i think <laughs> No, it's, it, 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 it's fantastic from that point of view. And I guess um, the question that so, so I've, I've asked you this before when we've spoken a, a few times, but useful to, to explain it to the podcast because it really fascinates me how people get into this industry. So how did you get into, uh, in, into cold chain and then how did you get into Keep It Cool, um, Nikki? I'm loath to say I fell into it, but I did fall into it. Everyone but, falls um, into it. Yeah, I know. And that's a slightly different topic, but we'll tackle that, I'm sure, later <laughs> in terms of changing that. But I did fall into it. I had a look at a few graduate schemes at uh, a point in my life. I think it was about 24. Um, saw the GIST graduate scheme and thought, this looks brilliant. Uh, if I'm honest, I hadn't been in the fridge on the day that I started. And when I did go into the fridge, it was uh, quite the shock. Um, but... That's where it started. Um, that's what I enjoyed doing. I was on the M&S and the Starbucks contracts, um, and they were great. Moved sort of geographically, um, slightly further north because I was down south with just at that point. And at that point, the, the contract that I was on was about to be stupid back in house. Um, and I'd met a gentleman about six months before who ran a couple of vans and a couple of seven and a half tonners. And I knew he'd been thinking about retiring and thinking about giving it up because it, it is a 24-7 job. We answer the phone, you will get one of us every time you, 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 you know, call this number. And at the time, it was just him as it was just me for the first three years. Um, anyway... Once I realised that actually it would be tooping across or moving back down south, I got in touch with him and just said, you know, are you are you still thinking of selling? And at that point, he was literally about to pull the plug on all of it. Um, so I thought, I've got to I've got to do this. I've got to try. I could see where the holes were. We'd been in the cold chain. I'd seen, um, you know, the networks and, and what worked and what didn't. Certainly not saying I was an expert at it, but I could see there was a definite market for it and it could grow. Um, so at that point... I, kind of threw all in, took his vans off him and his seven and a halves, bought a couple of customers off him, um, and we've gone from there. And that was in 2014, early 2014, and we've grown really quite dramatically since then. So Wow. Wow. And was, it, was, 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 was running your own business, the entrepreneurial sort of gene, something that you, was that an itch you wanted to scratch, or, or, or was that something that you sort of genuinely was something that you didn't know you were going to do one day and, and then became the entrepreneurial business leader you are? 
as a result of that, that those circumstances? I think it was a bit of both, if I'm honest. It, yes, yeah. there was always a, a want. Yeah. It, being in such a large organisation, I knew there was progression there, but whether I would have ever been running gist <laughs> is uh, quite debatable. Um, but so I wasn't sure at that point how that would be achievable. But certainly as soon this this is my forte. I absolutely love what I do. I, I love uh, running the business. I love that I can have an immediate impact on it. I love that we can support people coming and working in the business and that we can help and support customers as well. So this really is, yeah, I would say this is where my strengths lie, certainly. And then you say you, you said you feel you felt at the time there was this gap, this gap for the kind of you know what do you do with this particular load? We haven't you know we need to get this done today. How was that particularly unwell provided for back in twenty fourteen? Do you think, or or um, do you just feel like you, it was an area that could be improved that you could bring something different to? I thought I, I I'm not sure whether it was covered as much in two thousand and fourteen. There was definitely an element of it, um, mm. but. I do think with all the, it sounds really silly because we might, we will be a more expensive option day to day, um, but that's not what we endeavor to be. So when cost cutting really started hitting home even more so, and I know it's always been key, but certainly uh, we saw it sort of 2014 onwards as well. Um, when companies are cost cutting, we still offer them that level of peace of mind so that they don't have to keep the fleet in the background. Um, so as people have streamlined their fleet, I think we've got more work because at least they know there's an option. And these and things do go wrong. It's not. It's it's certainly yeah. not um, a, an area of service from from one of our customers that's failed. It could be it could be anything. Um, increased volumes are certainly something that uh, you know are definitely one of the reasons we tend to get a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I can see it. And obviously, and t how how much have you grown since twenty fourteen? So where were you when you started, and where are you now? So we turned. Well, I'll, I'll have to talk turnover uh, yeah. terms if you'll excuse my lack of percentages. But um, we would mm. we turned over two hundred grand in the first year, and I'll be hitting. I'm hoping two point four million this year. So, um, yeah. it's it, it has been dramatic. I have to say, the last two years have been the most dramatic. Um, we were making a good steady progress. Of, I, think, I think it was about 20-25% year on year um, up until the pandemic and this has really rocketed our, our scope, um, our who knows about us, who's using us, the number of, of people getting in contact, the number of requests we have has just dramatically increased. Which is and, great. And, 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 and you know, as you said, you know, the, the, the core of your business is, is is that repeat business. The customers that know you, the referrals through through word of mouth, because people trust and rely on, on you, and they introduce you to others. But you've also been doing quite a lot of promotion of the business as well. I noticed. You know, I came across Keep It Cool because of your your good social media game. Um, and how much how important is that side of things to you as a business? Hugely. It's it wasn't something that well, I'd, I mean, I dabbled in it. I have to say, for the first maybe four years. And we've used a company since then in the last, um, I'd say, I'd say we've been working with them for sort of about three years now. And they're excellent and they really help because that, that isn't my strength. Um, it's not my forte. So I know when I need to go and get help. And that's certainly an area that we need help in. And they've been absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, we are not going to be 
splashing ourselves over the front of everything, although it may seem like that in the cold chain at the minute, like we are. Um, but, you know, we do want to get our name out there. We, we do a good job and we work for so many. It, it's so, it's, there's such a crossover in our industry and we work for so many customers running into other big names in the business who then, you know, are getting to know us and whatnot. And I do think that, I, I think the social media hugely helps all that. Um, and helps us speak to the people that we need to speak to. We speak to, obviously, a lot of transport desks. That's who we tend to deal with. But I also want, you know, the heads of businesses to know what we do and to, to back and to support the offer or the service that we can offer um, and encourage that with, with their teams, obviously. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, the, 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 just providing them everyone with that outlet, that confidence that they can solve a problem if it comes up yeah. with a reliable solution. It can only be once a year, but if you need to ring us once a year, then that's absolutely fine. Well, let's hope it's more than once a year, just well, for the benefit yeah, of that mean, yeah. turnover growth. <laughs> 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 but yeah, but to- totally, totally, that, that, that's the point. Um, so, Nikki, just thinking then about, and obviously another thing that you, you've given how much busy you are just growing the business uh, you know at home if you like you also do spend a bit of time trying to engage with the rest of the industry obviously you get involved with the cold chain federation and and other networks i know why why do you do that where's what's the value of that to you i really do think um joining the cold chain federation has has been a real step forward for us i think it's superb in terms of the information we get um i genuinely feel like you are trying to pull an awful lot of the industry together and really utilize sort of the knowledge that you can gain from those people and realistically in the position that I am in and that the, our, uh, that keep it cool is in we wouldn't get access to that um, whether it's the technologies whether it's net zero and the drive forward for that because again um, I can go out and I can try and do all the research in the world, but I'm, I need to rely on the bigger boys and I need to rely on, on obviously the bigger companies that are trialling this technology. You know, I, I need access to that and I just don't see, if I'm honest, where where I would get that from otherwise. Um, and also, just building a network, building um, contacts and relationships with people that they don't necessarily do you know anything similar to what I do, but they're in the same industry. And just being able to sort of query how they're finding things and and what issues they've faced over the last couple of years and is this normal? Is this you know is this where we're all at? Is this what what are we all striving for? And certainly we do all have very very similar issues just on different scales. So that's I've I've really rated the cold chain for that. Um, and also you know it, it does business wise it helps put us in touch with the people that are actually extremely relevant to us for growing the business so you know i can't overlook that nikki thank you well obviously i fully endorse everything you just said um and i didn't pay you to say it but obviously i mean but then people like yourself coming in you know the culture federation has historically been an organization that does sort of focus in on the the larger third-party logistics cold chain providers probably warehouse dominated in our history and what we've seen over the last three or four years is companies on the transport side, big and small, but also just generally a wider mix of businesses and companies like Keep It Cool, seeing relevance from us is is absolutely great for me to hear because that's absolutely what we need to do. And I think we've still got some way to go, but 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 certainly that network is those connections and those those interrelated factors are are what I really sort of try to focus on, on well we as an English try to focus on. I also do think it's a great opportunity for my staff 
and mm. um, those that will end up working for me. I think it's a great opportunity there as well, though, just in terms of, and, and I know you haven't paid me to say this, so I will <laughs> stop talking in a minute, but in terms of best practice, you know, in terms of, of sort of the material that you offer for best practices, but also, um, you know, for them to develop and learn more you know I wouldn't be able to go and put them in with a competitor and say go and have a gander at this and um, you know and see what's going on here but but the cold chain federation does does bridge that gap so I would be excited for them to come to you know and, and listening to some of the the podcasts and listening to some of the you know, uh, not necessarily training but you know some of the information you're passing out yeah. is always going to benefit them so that's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's true. And the more, the more of that we can do as an organisation, the better. Um, Nikki, obviously, you've worked at GIST. You've worked, obviously, now setting up your own business. You're spending a lot of time driving. You know, you're literally, your vehicles are in and out of a lot of bigger players and people across the industry. What's your feeling about the cold chain now? You know, generally, the UK industry, you know, our supply chain coming out of the pandemic. How do you sort of, what's your overall feeling about where we're at as an industry? It's very split it's it's certainly calmed down the volumes have calmed down the uh, i'd say the the frantic ra- sort of peaks and troughs of, of the last couple of years have calmed down so it, in a way that's that's really positive um however obviously we would like to see a bit more of the volumes coming back it does concern me i think we're always going to be a very strong industry however i think we've got quite a lot to tackle over the next 12 months not only the rising costs and how that impacts sort of the, the businesses within the cold chain but obviously you know the, the wider public and yeah. cost cutting for them um, and is that going to impact us is that because a lot of our growth now is the just in time that you know everybody expects everything immediately and we can see the big businesses going into that even further sort of the 15 minute delivery times and yeah. uh, delivery windows sorry um so, so there is definitely potential growth there as long as we've got the end consumers. Um, yeah. So it, it could be, I do think it could be a difficult year. Yeah. Certainly for us, I think it, it could be a difficult year, but um, like I've said, we, we do have some quite a lot of core customers now that will ring us even if it's only when they need us so and this has always been the case we've always had peaks and troughs so uh, emotionally we may be more ready to deal with this um but past that i'm really not sure i'm not sure what's going to get thrown at us no it was was, it's never been more like the case than that in the last three years i would certainly agree with that i guess you know with that kind of chaotic period that we had through the and chaotic in a it controlled chaos, but you know, because we got through it as an industry together. But ultimately, the demand flows and you know what people wanted from one day to the next, and what market factors they were reacting to were completely unpredictable. Mm. Um, and so, you know, I guess for a courier business, that that was a chance for significant significant amounts of plugging the gaps because those gaps were were shooting up all over the place. I would imagine you're probably back into a more normal phase yeah. this year. But the line through all of that is a line of growth isn't it in, yes. and, and, yep. and, and, and provision um, but um, just those, those year for year like for likes are tough for everyone at the moment because you just can't know what you're comparing to from one month to the next exactly. if you remember which if you remember which crisis was happening in March of last year compared to June of last year and, and how that fits with what's happening in, in this year I guess yeah 
And the conversations are obviously very different at the moment as well. I mean, we, we're all looking at how we can, what we can do with the businesses, what, what's going to happen, how we can plan to go forward. And then, uh, you know, we've got the various different uh, speed bumps that keep getting thrown our way, such as the fuel rise at the minute. But yeah. it's, um, you know, it's, it's all learning and it's all, it keeps us entertained anyway, day to day, certainly. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> uh, so just, just sort of, I know an area that, again, that you sort of, um, have raised with me a couple of times and a few times and I know it's very very close to your heart is the whole issue of how we bring people into our industry yeah. um, and again thinking about it from your point of view I know you know don't want to go down some sort of sort of tropes with in terms of you know yourself Nikki you know female business leader in the industry you know you're not in uh, the majority there's you know there's 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 certainly a, a larger number than there were, but we're still a, not particularly diverse, in, particularly in our leadership positions in our industry. And generally, how do you feel about the next generation of, 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 of Nikki's coming through? Do you, do you feel we're doing enough for that? No, <laughs> um, <laughs> quite honestly, no. Um, I, I think there is, I think there are attempts, definitely, and I'm not knocking anything that's going on, but I think we need to do so much more. And I really think we need to piggyback on the back of the um, pandemic. Everybody knows about the cold chain. It's been spoken about. You mentioned this all the time, Shane. It has been talked about. Every single person is now a supply chain expert. Everybody was last year. Um, and through that, though, and through the, so the younger generation and the just-in-time nature and, and you know this, this immediate kind of getting you cost or even delivered to your, your door, um, everybody knows about us. And, and I don't know why we cannot make that much more attractive to people to come into because I, I do understand them you know we don't want to go and sit in a freezer necessarily for uh, half an hour or you know we've never thought about working in a fridge but I just would love more people to be able to see the end-to-end -end process and mm. and how much you get from achieving this end-to-end -end process and what actually happens for you to to you know to receive those goods at the end of it so I, I am hugely passionate about it we're starting at the very bottom so this year we're really pushing on the road safety week and going into the nurseries and local schools and trying yeah. to get a bit of interest there because you know even even I mean you know I've got uh, sort of three children under four yeah. so you know but but they need ice creams they need, yeah. you know they, they they certainly need all the snacks that come out of the fridge every day so it, it's um as, as much as I don't bang on about it to them at home you know I'm trying to give them a little bit of education and if we can just start a little bit more um but specifically cold chain as well everybody hears about transport they all see the wagons on the road but we will be trying to do our bit and I hope that will be across the board we are all trying to do a bit and yeah. really yeah. push your people to get into the industry I mean, there is this. There is going to be this year, and Culture Federation is going to, is going to support this uh, industry-wide initiative called Age of Logistics, which is a communications effort to and education effort to try and raise awareness of the variety and the rewarding nature of a life and career in logistics um, for, for for people. In it. And one of the questions in that, of course, is: Are we targeting, you know, literally, like you say, nursery-age children and school children? Are we targeting the school leavers? Are we targeting the sort of twenty twenty? 25 year olds um, and, and I think there's different messages for all those different groups that we need to be thinking about but I guess at the fundamental point is you know we believe in this industry we believe that it's a rewarding thing we believe there's huge amounts of reward in doing it both financial and um, uh, you know well, there's a longevity as well. Yeah. It's, you know, you really can, that there's so much opportunity, there's so many different areas that you could go into that it, it is extremely broad for people to come into so mm -hmm. you know, th there are i do believe there are 
options for you know for everyone and and it's one of those that's that's a, you know it's a get up and go industry you you can throw everything yeah. at it um and i do believe you can get a, an awful lot back out of it so yeah 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 absolutely and we just need to keep well people advocate advocates like like yourself nikki that really helps us to to make to make that um make that message more clear um um so 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 i appreciate that and appreciate your your efforts and i know you'll be keeping on my case to make sure we're doing more in that in that area um (laughs) just in terms of um just in terms of sort of thinking about the immediate needs ahead in terms of the business and stuff i guess what 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 are you looking for in terms of you know who who out there are the sorts of businesses that you think you can potentially provide services to? Who, who do you think you could you could help out in terms of um, the next phase for, for Keep It Cool? Certainly more manufacturers. We are targeting more of the food manufacturers. Um, and uh, like I mentioned earlier, sort of plans for our growth will be moving um, slightly closer to the Midlands potentially to, you know, to aid certain manufacturers that may be based in the Midlands. Um, yeah, yeah. But... Really, it is it is all round because we've started working with quite a few of the three PLs and four PLs um, because again, it, it is just that ad hoc service that they may need from time to time that's going to reduce their costs overall, but gives them that peace of mind. Um, but it's it, we we just want our name, ideally, yeah. as everyone does, to be the first name that people are thinking of when they think, God, we've got a problem. Um, yeah. because that's what we solve that day in day out that's what we do so the more what's people the, that that occurs for great what, 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 what is the number what's the hotline number people should people are listening to this thinking I need to write this down right what's the number they need to ring for their for 01274 271451 brilliant and, and in, info at keepitcool.com .co.uk .co.uk info at keepitcool.co.uk yeah. um and certainly, you know, Federation obviously can provide that information as well and contacts to Nikki for, for, for that. And I would certainly endorse that. You know, I have heard from other people unprompted about the, how good Keep It Cool service is and how uh, reliable they are as a partner in all this area. So Excellent. we'll continue to promote yourselves to our members as well, Nikki, through, through, through the network. Super. As long as you can um, cope with the dulcet tones of, of female Yorkshire people, <laughs> give us a ring. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's just the bonus that comes on top. Um, <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. Okay, Nikki, thanks so much for taking time to speak to the Cold Chain podcast. Thank and you. Uh, look forward to seeing you through our events later in the year. Thank you very much, Shane. Cheers. Many of you will know that I'm not a cold chain person. I've never worked operationally in in a cold chain role. So I'm always um, humbled and uh, self-aware about um, everything to do with how the cold chain operates and how it fits together. But I do find it endlessly um, fascinating just how many different complex parts there are um, and p- different types of operations that make the cold chain successful and what keep it cool do um, off, on a smaller scale in terms of the business size the fleet they operate and other things um, is is so integral and so important to successful cold chain and the fact that we've got people like Nikki running the business in the way she does with the drive that she has and the enthusiasm and the uh, and the vision for the future um, I think we're in really good hands and really good stead and keeps me very optimistic about where our industry is heading, even though things are tough. And, you know, it is a it is often a seat by the seats of your pants operation to make sure you're getting through the days and the weeks. Um, but, um, you know, I think we should be, be proud of what we achieve. 
So that brings us to the end of a, another Cold Chain podcast. Thank you very much for listening. And I really look forward to uh, bringing you more conversations uh, with people in the weeks and months ahead. I'm actually off to spend some time with the Global Cold Chain Alliance in, in the United States over the next week or so. It'd be great to meet with and see their perspective on some of these big picture challenges that we're facing in our industry um, and understanding how where those opportunities are for learning and shared knowledge um, between different parts of our industry around the world. So um, I really look forward to do that and I look forward to reporting back in the next edition of the Cold Chain Podcast. Thank you very much. Goodbye.